Your day has just begun. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hashtag Utah Jazz. 77-71, Jazz up by six. Donovan works the right side to the window again. Donovan scores again. Jazz have got a bunch of catch and shoots early, have not had them late. 84-76, Portis working the post. Loose with the dribble. Donovan comes over, takes it away. Round ball robbery from Donovan. Running, lobbing, Gobert finishing and a foul. Utah Jazz back in action. David Locke on the call tonight. The Jazz and the Celtics in Boston, 6 o'clock. PK, the Celtics just beat the Jazz. They're sitting third in the East. Why should Jazz fans be optimistic about this one? Because we got good guys. And they won three in a row. I don't know that I want to be any more optimistic optimistic or pessimistic. I will say that this is the biggest game of the season to date. So as we get later, these showdowns with teams that are Obviously, they're not going to meet the Celtics in the uh, first round of the playoffs, but of that quality, are a little more revealing. Yeah, because of where they were just a week ago since the All-Star break, losing, what was it, four in a row, and having a one-in-five homestand, obviously that's not good. So now they've won three in a row, and they've all been against bad teams, but they still beat them. And here, this is a good team, and for I've looked through the end of next week, the schedule turns more difficult. So we talked to Joe Ingles about confidence and how these guys are human beings and confidence can ebb and flow to an extent even though you're a high-level player and you're one of 450 in the world. You get this one tonight, well, then obviously that just boosts your confidence to the level of, all right, yeah, we had a slump. It had, Whatever reason, it happened. Whatever reasons, it happened, and particularly if Joe plays well, Conley plays well, Bogey shoots the ball well again. And so then I was like, well, we got past that. Everybody goes through slumps. Your idol, Tony Gwynn, went through slumps. Everybody. Now, his slumps obviously were much shorter in duration than, say, Duffy Dyer, for instance, my hero growing up with the Mets. Duffy Dyer. Cortez High School, Arizona State. Uh, with that in mind, you get this win. And then you're right back to where you exactly want to be heading in because we're getting down. That was the 20 games left. People want to know how your brain works. I'm going to say that you came up with Duffy Dyer about 0.2 seconds before you spit it out of your mouth. That was just on the fly. Well, I mean, that's like nine times out of ten, you're going to get me exactly right. Yeah. You playing some stuff. But that one, that Duffy Dyer poll, that was reaching out across the decades. I, I had no idea that no I was going to No idea that, that Duffy Dyer was going to factor into the Jazz and the Celtics tonight. When I was in high, no, college, my parents had an apartment, and the fence separated Cortez High School from the apartment, and Duffy Dyer had played there, which I had no idea, but then I found out about it. And since we're on Cortez High School... Random association, people. It's a Friday. Buckle up. Alice Cooper went there. Oh, really? Yeah. Nice. I thought I wasn't going to care, but I do a little bit. And and I have no idea why. My wife coached freshman basketball there, and at the end of one quarter, she told him to save time, roll the ball. The ball, roll, ball rolled all the way down the court. Nobody picked it up, and it rolled out of bounds on the other end. People who don't watch a lot of basketball, <laughs> they didn't get the they didn't get the rest of it. Roll the ball. 
assumed in there is you're going to pick it up and shoot it. Yeah, and you're going to save a couple of seconds, you know, and so it get closer to half court. Yeah. You put up a prayer, which I did in the CYO All-Star game when I was in eighth grade. Passed the ball ahead. There was a collision. The ball came back to me at half court. I launched from the hip. I've been shooting from the hip, people, for a long, long time. time. And I banked it in at Morris Catholic High School, which, of course, is in Denville, New Jersey. Look it up. Now, back to things that matter. Gordon Hayward and I feel Jaylen- like Bill Walton. Yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> but just a foot shorter. Gordon Hayward and Jalen Brown will not play for the Celtics tonight. It'll be a little shorthanded there in oh, Boston. Oh, that spells danger for the Jazz. Bought here, right? Boston has lost two of the last three, and they are five and four in their last nine. Hayward just doesn't want to face the Jazz. He always sits out. Let's call it like it is. <laughs> the uh, overtime losses to Houston and Brooklyn, a two-pointer to the Lakers. They haven't been terrible in this stretch, but they have lost a lot of close games. So can you get them in a close game and beat them? Jazz, of course, will be going back to back with Detroit tomorrow night right here on the zone. DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. Houston Rockets get beat by the Clippers 120 to 105, and it didn't feel that close, honestly. No. no. It was uh, much more decisive than that. Yes. The Rockets, 7 of 42 from beyond the three point line. They are human, PK. They, just because they average 15 three pointers made in every game doesn't mean they always get them. Well, Harden especially sucked. Uh, Westbrook doesn't take that many, and he didn't take that many. We take two, uh, and Harden was off. And the Clippers. Since Kawhi called them out, they're undefeated. I've been saying it every morning. They're my team to go all the way. It's I think a good they, pick by you. I think they've got everything that they need. And uh, as long as those guys are healthy, I think... Well, I, when I say all the way, I, I mean to the conference, the NBA finals. I just... I, I don't just, see enough of those matchups. They, to, they to don't know how exist. It worked, to know how it would work with Milwaukee. Yeah, there's only two, only two times you play these teams. So I'll make that pick when it gets there, but I'm picking the Clippers to come out of the West, and they watching that game that was on TNT did nothing to make me change my mind. In fact, it just strengthened it. Back-to-back losses for the Rockets now after their six-game win streak. And so they are sitting at 39-22, and 22, tied with the Jazz. Now they do have the tiebreaker because they won two of the three matchups. But they're tied for the fourth spot. Both the Jazz and the Rockets are sitting two and a half games behind the Nuggets. A game and a half in front of the Thunder. Nuggets, by the way, won last night. Jamal Murray, the game winner. They edged the Hornets 114-112. to 112. Feel like they're wobbling a little bit right now? I guess if you wobble and win, who cares? Uh, maybe to a degree. I'd like for the Jazz to play them in the playoffs. I want something new. I mean, we've seen the Houston thing. I know the teams have changed. But, but it'd be three years in a row. Yeah. Had the second round meeting and then first round last year. Right. 23 points, seven rebounds, seven assists. Apparently, Steph Curry did not forget to how to play basketball while he was out of the broken hand. Wouldn't think so. Warriors lose to the Raptors, 121-113. They don't have Klay Thompson, but just a warning shot across the bow of the West. Laugh now. The Warriors are 15th, dead last in the Western Conference. But <laughs> Steph Curry's back. They're going <laughs> to... They're going to have a lottery pick. He said laugh now. They're 14 wins, three worse than the Cavs. Now, they don't have the same fabulous lottery odds they used to. He's our leader. He said laugh now. I laugh now. You literalist. Deion Waiters hopping aboard the Laker playoff train. 
He's been injured. He's been suspended. He ought to be fresh, though. He's played three games all year. Normally, when you're in the Stable Center and you scream waiters, like you get five guys come running up to you with drinks on a tray. Now it's going to be a player who's going to run in there when Vogel screams that out. Thank you, Bill Walton. Bucks and the Lakers. Hey, it's Free Association Friday. 8.30 tonight on ESPN. So if you're looking for something to do after the Jazz game, you got the Aggie game. We'll get to that in a second. And you also got the Bucks and the Lakers, 8.30 on ESPN. You're just saying you don't get enough of those matchups. Here's one of them where you can analyze two teams that might end up meeting. I'll be in taking the notes. Finals. I thought you might. DJ and PK. Hashtag college basketball. Sam Merrill working against McGee, crossing the timeline. Aggies can take the lead on this possession with 2.47 left to go in the game. Merrill rises for three. Yes! Sam, I am biggest bucket of the night. Hits the three. Aggies up by three. 68-65. And the Aggies go on to win. They never trailed again, although the Lobos did tie it up one more time. Utah State in foul trouble. Keda and Merrill both on the bench for big chunks of the game. And while Merrill was out, he picked up his fourth foul with 15 minutes to go. And over the next five and a half minutes, New Mexico built an 11-point lead. But Sam got up off the bench, started hitting big shots. And, man, you talk about confidence, PK. Clearly the other four guys on the court fed off him because they were getting sped up, rattled by that press, throwing the ball all over the place and giving it away, turning it over. He came back. He settled him down. And they rally and win 75-70, a game they really needed for their NCAA tournament hopes. Wow, that was a mouthful. Yeah! And they won the game. They did. That's all that matters. Sam Merrill, coming up big. I didn't expect that they were just going to roll over them. I said New Mexico isn't a great team, but I said they're a good team. And they gave them a little battle, and then they won the game. I mean, I'm sure Scotty and all those Aggie fans all were nervous and all, but I, and I down, get it. Down 11 with nine and a half minutes to go. It was a legit yeah. reason to be nervous. Well, there was a legit reason to be nervous at that tip-off, but they won the game. Now they get the 11 seed, Wyoming. The Cowboys, who won two games all year in conference play, have improbably won back-to-back games in the tournament and are now into the semifinals. The March Madness has begun. Crazy that Wyoming would end up there. And yet, there they are. Utah State was going to win either way against uh, Nevada or whomever tonight. So, Wyoming took down third seed in Nevada last night. Yeah, I get it. It's crazy. Yeah, dropped, dropped a little Herm Edwards there. I like it. I get it. Zones coverage will begin at 9 o'clock with the pregame show. They are the second semifinal. They'll tip off, tip off at 9.30 on the CBS Sports Network. The Utes close out the regular season against Colorado tomorrow at the Huntsman Center. A crazy night in the Pac-12. It seems like we just say that every time the Pac-12 plays basketball. Unbelievable! Got a bunch of teams all bunched up at the top. There's just so little separation. Colorado's right in the middle of all of it. And the Utes need this. If they're going to get to the 9 seed, they could be the 11 seed in the tournament. If they're bunched up at the top, Mm. wouldn't it be by definition a bunch of teams? Yes. Oregon and UCLA, 12-5, and five, tied for first place. So you gave me multiple bunches when I didn't need it. That's because there are two bunches. You got Oregon and UCLA, no, no, tied you said for bunched first. at the top. Colorado, Arizona, ASU, USC. No, that's not the top. Nice try, but that's All not the top. tied for third at Tied for third is not the top. Top is the top. By definition, it is the highest one, you can go. 
one game no, back. No, you can you can read to more seventh place standings. Read standings all the freak you want. You screwed seven, up. Seven teams battling for those four first round. And buys. right now, our listenership gives a flying zero teams interest. You Utah. screwed up, Utah. Now you're hostile, Bill Walton. Well, Utah, but, and now you're doing what you normally do. You're you, inability to admit you were wrong. Utah, Oregon State, and Washington State, all 6-11. and 11, Tied for 9-10 and 11 seeds. Who's in first place in the SWAC? Jeez. Tons of drama. People turn in to listen final, to you read standings? Tons of drama going into the final game. I might as well float the Salt River, which comes down from the muggy on rim. The what? The muggy on rim. Which is a real difficult way. It's like Tooele. It's like M-O-G-G-O-L-L-A-N. Nothing like it's spelled pronounced, but that's the way they pronounce it. Utah trying to clinch a winning season. They're 15 and 14. They got Colorado tied for third. I heard that about 10 minutes ago before you read the story. 12-30. Pac-12 networks. Oh, I will be there. DJ and PK. (laughs) Hashtag NFL. I can't speak for Tom, but uh, I know for me, being at this stage in my career, I just want to win. Tom has been a guy who's kind of been the model for all of us for a lot of years. I don't think any of this is about money for Tom. I think it's about winning another championship. I also think it's probably about uh, feeling like he's in a situation where he's got all the pieces in place to do that. Sportsbooks around the country have the Patriots with the consensus odds on favorite to keep Tom Brady. Yes, you can bet on where Tom Brady's going to play next year. I'm going to keep on Tom Brady Because it's the only thing to do I don't want to see I don't want to see him in another uni Niners, Raiders, Chargers. That was good. B, B plus. Western teams for a guy who grew up in California, also on the board. And you can bet on the Titans. At 43 years of age, you think he's going to go to a team that he was a fan of? Only if the Patriots flat out tell him, we don't want you here. I, I think he would go back to New England. But what do I know? NFL Players Association sent out official ballots to players Thursday morning. They got the collective bargaining agreement. If the players approve it, it goes into effect, which means 17 regular season games and one more team in each conference into the playoffs, seven instead of six. Feels like it's going to pass to me. Good for you. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. The Angels have found cheating among their own. And... When you're cheating to beat the Angels, they are not going to pay you anymore. The visiting clubhouse manager has been fired. They did an investigation, and the Angels found that he was giving substances to opposing pitchers so they could doctor the ball so they could beat the Angels. That weasel. Hmm. Well, must work because they've been losing a bunch of games. Brian Harkins had been with the Angels 30 years. Man, I've been cheating on him for 30 years. Holy freak. He confirmed he'd been let go Thursday, did not elaborate on the reason. Illegal sticky substances in the visiting clubhouse. Aiding pitchers' abilities to grow. When I pitched, I went with legal sticky sticky substances. I rarely used illegal sticky substances. Did he not get a bonus one year or something? Did he not get a World Series share or something? 
And he turned on him? I don't know, did he? I don't know. I want to know the motive. We don't know. He would not elaborate on the reasons he was let go. We need elaboration, don't we? Yeah, I do. I want to know the, I want to know the dirty details. Well, good luck. I hope you find it. DJ and PK. Hashtag RSL. RSL's home opener tomorrow, high noon. New York Red Bulls are in town, coming off a win over Cincinnati. They beat the Bearcats? Uh, FC Cincinnati, but they share a stadium with the Bearcats, yes. FC Cincinnati Bearcats, huh? Yak and I came up a new rule. This, you, you do nothing and you get a point. It's, yeah. It's got to stop. So we need to encourage more scoring, not discourage. So the only what you, however many goals you score, those are the points you get. So if you score zero, you get zero. You score five, you get five. So you encourage scoring right down to the bitter end. So what do you get if you win five to four? Do you get five or do you yeah. get one because no, you won no, by no, one? No. There's no minus for giving up a goal? No. The other team gets four. So that means the other team then, yeah. they're trying. Because you do it with the aggregate scores in the playoffs sometimes if that's the particular format. So why not do it in the regular season? Why not? If you're down, this would never happen. But just say you're down 8-0 and you don't have any shot. But yeah, actually you do. So you're playing because you don't know. And in like six years from now when the season ends, you could get some points that could be a difference maker. Have scoring. Have the goal to score rather than the goal to run out the clock sometimes. Have the goal to score at all times. They uh, That was a second or third or fourth choice lineup that they ran out in Orlando due to injuries. I think there's going to be at least four changes to the starting lineup and maybe more than that. I don't know how a couple of guys may or may not be healthy for this one. Injury, you just started. Already, look. How do soccer guys get hurt and a freaking season it just started? Well, they had they had surgery in the offseason, and they're not back yet. You know why? Because the offseason is like three days. Let them heal up. What is Trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing. 801 801- 295-1690. That's Shamrock That's Plumbing. That's a joke. And one or two of them got hurt in the preseason. All right, David Locke is up next. Radio voice of the Utah Jazz, talking jazz and Celtics tonight. He made a bold pronouncement last week. What do you say? Well, we'll talk with him about that next and see if he wants to stick to it after it was about the Houston Rockets and what he thinks is going to happen to them. Running hot and cold on those guys. We'll get to that next. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Joining us right now, Spencer Nelson. So the BYU Cougars, they've been able to really break through to not just be an NCAA tournament team, but I think they're a team that's very capable of making a run. If you were to see anything that gives you pause when it comes to tournament time, what would it be? Honestly, there's not a lot of holes in their game and their team. I'm with you. I think this team is built to make a run in the tournament. They have enough firepower to be able to compete with anyone in the country. I truly believe that, but I really do expect this team to be able to make the Sweet 16 and then at that point, it's just matchups. Tony Parks and Austin Horton weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5-1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK brought to you in part by Sunga Networks. Sunga Networks is home to complete business telecom and IT solutions backed by an industry-leading SLA that guarantees 
The uptime your business needs. It's effective communications for 21st century Utah. Get started now at syringanetworks.net. Utah Jazz are in Boston tonight, Detroit tomorrow, and then back home Monday. Got a three-game winning streak, but the tests are getting better now. They got the three gimmies. Well, I guess nothing's absolutely positively a gimme because they lost to the Suns. But they beat those three bad teams. Now the Celtics and the Raptors are running 2-3 in the East, and they got the Raptors on Monday. And Detroit, not good, but... It is back-to-back on the road. Yeah, I think that, yeah, you know, as far as uh, the gimmies, uh, you're right in that really nothing is a gimme, and it's apparent that you're going to have to play at least moderately well, if not very well, to win some of these games, and that was the great thing about it. I mean, defensively, you know, but when you're ahead... I don't even really want you wasting that energy anyway. Do what you need to do, and they did what they needed to do, and Bogey saw the ball go in, and... And Joe was uh, doing his stuff, and and you got to look at Conley and say, all right, this is what we were talking about. If you were talking about more, it's probably unrealistic. But if you're talking about what he's been giving you, well, then you should be happy. And so there's no reason why it can't continue, which sets up tonight to be in the scheme of things. You know, people aren't going to really recognize it outside of us and our fans and our listeners because we obsess all things jazz. And this is a nice little bit of a statement thing that punctuates these other three wins and sets you up because over the next uh, 10 days or so uh, through the middle of the following week, you know, you're playing the Lakers twice. You got Toronto, you got at Oklahoma City, and those are all going to be difficult tests. And you're capable of winning all of those games. You're capable of losing all those games. So try to build as much confidence. We're now down to 21 games. And the playoff is going to be a bear. No matter what the alignment is and what whatever the bracket might be, yeah. it's going to be difficult. So go into it with as much confidence, playing as well as you possibly can, because it's going to be a chore to get out of the first round. This is not sometimes we see, well, we've seen it in the East, where there's a couple of teams at the bottom that are under 500. <laughs> We're seeing that literally yeah. right now. Yeah. Yeah. The top two teams in the East are going to get... Brooklyn and Orlando, seven and eight games under 500. Right. As we sit here today. So it's going to be a bear to get out of the first round. I mean, you know, if you like competition, that's, that's exciting. You want the Jazz to win, maybe not as much. So start playing well as much as you can now. All right, DJ and PK joined now by David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz. He's on the Sprint special guest line. Lease any phone and get an iPad or Samsung Tab A for $99.99. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. David, good morning. Good morning, guys. How are you? Good. How do you think the Utah Jazz are? Obviously, it's a three-game win streak. Obviously, they passed the eye test, but obviously the competition hasn't been the best either, and it's a dramatic step up to the Celtics. You're on the road with these guys. You got a vibe? Well, they were fine at practice yesterday. I don't probably have a vibe. I mean, um, not sure they've been tested in their last three. Uh, the bottom of the East is pretty poor. Um, but on the other end, you know, they weren't playing very well before that. So I think they were probably capable of losing some of those games. And the Rockets lost to the Knicks. And people, you know, people have done weird things recently, right? Denver lost to the Warriors. Yeah. We lost to the Suns. So um, there have been some weird games recently. So I think you take your wins and you can get them. I don't know what the numbers say, but to me, the eyeball, Donovan Mitchell in the mid-range has been absolutely outstanding. Is that something that evolved naturally? Did they figure it out? Was, is he being coached to do it? Because he's certainly having a lot of success at it. No, I think they really worked at it. and um, He's worked and evolved throughout the season on it. Uh, I think they feel like he's got to be a, a three-level scorer at six foot one. You know, Harden does not. 
but he's six five, and so he's he's able to. And he's pretty special, so he's able to get to the rim, you know, at, at a really high rate, and not doesn't take that mid range shot. Um, but most of the elite scorers, Dame and others, um, Jason Tatum, we'll see tonight. Uh, all have to use the mid range to some extent. Um, Donovan's worked at it uh, early in the year. He was going so quickly, and he would throw up that floater, and it was just an impossible shot. Um, your body was moving, you know, at a, at a really high speed, and, and he was trying to, you know, float it up and in there. And now he's kind of changed that shot and found a found a spot at 14 feet or 16 feet or 17 feet that he can get to. Uh, stay balanced underneath him and, and hit that and pull up, and that's a, that's a better choice for him. So I'm curious what you think about the way the uh, bench is adjusting and Joe Ingles is playing as they continue to tweak things going forward. How do you like Joe off the bench now versus what you were seeing from him when he did that earlier in the year? Well, I like the bench. I like that second unit that they've built, which is Conley, Clarkson, Ingles, Niang, and Bradley. Um, you know, I think that's going to be super important for us that that, that, that group can, can give us a good, I think they're probably playing somewhere in the range of 12 minutes consecutively together. They're closing the final two or three minutes of the first quarter and playing the first three or four minutes of the second quarter. Um, and I think that's, that's a, a important unit for us. The Jazz play 55% of their minutes with at least four starters on the floor, which is the highest. Um, of any team in the league tied with Denver and Toronto, and that's you know really where we make our hay. Um, we've been playing Donovan, Boyan, and Rudy together a huge amount. That's a pretty good combination for us. So that second unit of of Ingles and Clarkson and Conley with Niang and, and Bradley are vital. Um, Joe specifically is not making his catch-and-shoot shots right now, which is kind of the essence of who he is. Um, he's in a little slump, and it seems to be restricting his you know aggressiveness in regards to shooting. Um, he still leads the team in assists, but on the bigger picture, he's shooting 44% on catch-and-shoot threes for the season, which is about his normal number. And so that would lead me, you know, so he's in a little slump right now. That happens. I don't think it's a big deal. I think he'll, you know, by the time we're done, he'll shoot 44% on catch-and-shoot threes, and he'll probably at some point very soon kind of click back toward that. I really think, David, that the Jazz have got to get Rudy Gobert the ball more. Um, you're pulling, you're pulling the string on the on the whole routine, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Just should have seen the look on his face. Like, pay attention, DJ. It's about to get good. I ha- I happen to know that he was listening. Either the last two times I did this or the last time I did this because he sent me a wonderful text. <laughs> oh, that's right. Crap, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, was this, I was driving to Utah spring ball practice yesterday and I was listening. <laughs> I forgot about it. I thought I could get you, dang it. And you sent me a text. <laughs> I incriminated myself. I left my, I left my fingerprints there at the scene. <laughs> and DJ probably knows everything, so I can't, I can't do the whole routine with DJ. All right. Shoot. I can't get it by you on that one. I thought maybe I could get you going. It's not early where you are, but it's early where we are. That's all right. I'll forgive you. You know, I think that uh, as I saw this team struggling, 
uh, to, to win games. One of the things that I was least concerned about, if not the most least concerned about, which doesn't make sense, but you get the point. <laughs> I don't, but go ahead. Was Bogdanovich putting the ball in the basket because he was, it was a little bit of a shooting slump, and I, I had no doubt in my mind that he would come out of it and – he did. He has come out of it. But how much, how important do you think he is, is in the list of vitalness, so to speak, as far as him being able to put the ball in the basket? Oh, it's, it's enormous. Um, you know, and if he's getting three point looks, it either means we're getting out in transition because, you know, he actually scores a great deal in transition when he has poor nights. It's usually because he's not getting two or three transition opportunities. You know, I think we he's not a player you look at and you think, oh, that's a transition player. But the fact is, his some of his, his biggest success comes in transition, leaks out. Um, he gets out, runs, um, becomes available really well. Um, so I'd say that, you know, on that level, um, he that's a great sign is that when he gets those early looks, because um, it means we're pushing, probably getting coming off misses too. Um, and then, you know, he runs a lot of pick and roll. His pick and roll to Rudy's not very good. It's, you know, the guys that run the most pick and roll, it's like the eighth worst in the league. But it's a part of what gets him going um, and what we do when he's trying to get better at it. But then, you know, we also have some of the best pick and roll combinations in the league. And a lot of those are because if, if Rudy's rolling and they pull off the corner, Boyan is there, and that's the shot you want to get for him. We, we've got to get him other stuff. My point is that you've got to get him in transition. You've got to let him play some pick and roll because if you just make him a catch-and-shoot guy – um, then it gets pretty limited pretty fast because people just hug to him. But when you can get all three of those together, then it gets pretty outstanding. The Lakers are playing the Bucks. That is uh, the late game on ESPN tonight, and a lot of people will look at that and say, hey, that's potential NBA Finals preview. Number one, do you believe that? And number two, uh, which team do you think is better? Pretty interesting. Um and the Clippers have made a fairly large, resounding Richter scale statement the last week toward that. Maybe saying that that's not the case. Yeah. Um, I mean, the Bucks are historically great. They, the the tricky thing is that they were historically great last year too. And um, you know, I watched last year and thought Toronto was the best team I saw all year. And then I let the numbers rule my viewpoint because Milwaukee's numbers were so great. Numbers, Milwaukee's numbers are better this year. I mean, they're one of the great differential teams in the history of the NBA. Um, they've got the MVP. Um, their defense is just amazing. Their physical presence on the outside, coupled with multiple rim defenders. Um, they're allowing, I think, 28% of their shots by opponents at the rim. Uh, and they're great. Uh, they are playing in the Eastern Conference. They do get a lot of easy nights, which I think um, inflates a little bit of who they are. Uh, and then the Lakers are great. Um I'm curious to watch LeBron. He's so amazing, and he was just so great the other night. Um, You know, night in and night out at 36 years old, at some point you would think this would slow down a little bit. Um, And, you know, whether or not he's able to do that. uh, You know, I'm not sold on Anthony Davis. I think it's telling that the Lakers are a negative team when LeBron's off the floor this year and Anthony Davis is on the floor. So that thing still revolves around LeBron. Their length, their physical presence is incredible defensively. Those teams are both great. Who's better? I don't know. I'm not sure if I'm ready to bet against LeBron in a in a seven-game series. Um, but that would be pretty epic if, if that's what we got. Um, Giannis and LeBron going head-to-head. 
Giannis pretty similar to LeBron in, in some of his offensive weaknesses at that stage of his career. Uh, if you go back to LeBron, uh, it's pretty great. The Clippers are there. You know, Clippers, I think, deserve to be in that conversation. It does feel like there's you know, little separation right now that there's three teams that are super elite. There's you know, six or seven teams on the next tier, and then, and then so there's a little separation that's taking place right now. You want to do the Houston thing? Yes, you said uh, last week, man, you really got my attention with this. I've been thinking about this on and off. You thought Houston was going to roll to the end of the regular season, 24-4, and and you thought the small ball lineup was going to just yield massive returns, and then you immediately followed up with, and I'm not at all convinced small ball is going to get them anywhere in the postseason. It was just a complete flip. So you've had another week to see this. Obviously, they had a big win in, in Boston, and they had a six-game win streak, so I'm thinking you're right. And then they lose to the Knicks, and one of their, they got back-to-back losses, but I think it was the Clippers. And they got the Clippers, the Lakers, and the Bucks on the road, so we can all kind of see where you thought the four losses might come from. You change anything from that? Because that was, that was a bold call by you last week. Caught me off guard. Um, no, not really. I mean, um, we have seen both the Knicks and the Clippers use a new a defensive approach um, on them. So we're we're beginning to see the league try things and then have them work, and then kind of the same way we saw happen to the Jazz on on January 27th when the Rockets went small against the Jazz, and the Jazz defense hasn't been quite the same ever since. Um, we're seeing that um, right now out of them. Um, teams are bringing the far side corner defender over to the um, to the strong side where the ball is, and and overloading that side so that you have, and then rotating back out on the pass, and it's been pretty successful so far. Um, they the loss of the Knicks was strange to me. I mean, that, you know, maybe that's nightlife, and um, the Knicks are the number one offensive rebounding team in the league. So if you're going to have uh, somebody exposed the lack of size and, and get offensive rebounds and gain extra possessions that way. Actually, the Knicks are pretty high on the list of teams that would be able to do that. Um, and then the Clippers just might be better than them. The Clippers are better than them um, beforehand as well. So, I mean, I, I didn't say that I thought that they were the best team in the NBA and they wouldn't lose to anyone. Right. So the Clipper loss to me is not a right. um, not a surprise. And then the shooting percentages last night. The only thing that's a little disconcerting would be the shooting percentages the last two nights with teams now playing a new style of defense. Both teams have done something similar defensively on how to guard um, the Rockets. And the one problem um, that I can see playing five out, uh, in other words, no post, is the spacing on the outside is really hard. And your players are close together. So if you're rotating out of the out of it, you actually have, you know, you can go find a guy pretty easily because there's five of them or four of them so many penetrates out there. And if you don't really penetrate, then really it's easy to go find somebody. So that's the only um, little concern I have is that whether or not the, I'd be curious to go to look at some stat view data and see whether their number of open looks is down or their quality of shots are way down the last two games with the way that teams are now defending them. Um, but I'm not, no, I kind of generally still think they'll do what I said they're going to do. If stars like Mike Trout bat every inning, doesn't it just turn in the NBA where if you have the two or three best players, you're likely bound to win the title? Yeah, probably good. I don't like it. You know, there's a really simple thing here. What? About baseball. What? I mean, I played in college. I love the game. 
It's a great, great rule, actually. My dad gave this one to me. It was a, it used to debate the designated hitter. Uh-huh. If there's something in the game which you think is the perfect time to go get concessions, they should probably take it out of the game. But then you don't make the money on concessions. Well, that is true, but I think you understand the point. <laughs> if it's not that entertaining, so you know that's when you're going to go to your concessions. So the bottom of the lineup is not the most entertaining thing in the world. Okay. Every inning in baseball is not entertaining right now. And they need. that's why I believe that they – I mean, I just think – I love the game. I think the game's great. The era is – like the idea that the, the game stands the test of time is insane. It doesn't. It does not stand the test of time. Every data point in the world is out there to show you that it is not – this generation is not grasping the game in the same way. I mean, spring lacrosse numbers are through the roof. Uh, youth viewing is non-existent. Youth viewing is difficult anyway. Um, it's difficult for the NBA as well. Um, you know, middle-aged viewing is non-existent. Like they, they've got major, major, major problems that they're just not addressing in the in the or when they are addressing, it's just so terribly cosmetic. It makes no difference. So, um, you know, let the Astros cheating scandal. Uh, be the final stage and just change the game. You know, the same rules, but change change the entertainment value of the game. You By the go- way, did you see Bauer? Yeah. I think it was. Tipping his pitches? That is the greatest thing I've ever seen. Not the greatest, but right up there. Like, that just represents it. How egregious what the Astros did is. Oh, I agree on that part. They they cheated the game. Do you think they're wearing buzzers? Uh, the the Altuve thing. Uh, Clay Bellinger said, uh, you know, why was he doing what he was doing? So I mean, just it's it's just awfully suspicious. There's certainly uh, anecdotal evidence there. I mean, I haven't seen right. it, and no one has seen it. But to be doing what he did and then run off the field and run back was obviously bizarre behavior. Uh, so uh, on a circumstantial level, which isn't enough to convict anything, I'd have to say yes. And his home road numbers are pretty dramatically different. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it adds up. I mean, go look at uh, Kershaw when he pitched against the Astros in Dodger Stadium, what his numbers were versus what he did and was minimate or whatever it's called there in Houston. Yeah, I mean, they're, I they're startling. It's incredible. It is real. It's the greatest cheating scandal in the history of sports. Outside of gambling and throwing games, uh, but yeah, uh, right. maybe if some boxing where someone you know if someone took a dive somewhere in boxing, which is just you know if, it's not cheating, it's just not competing. any any form of point shaving and whatnot. All that stuff uh, is is very nasty. But yeah, I would nothing nothing comes to mind uh, if you sort of are comfortable looking the other way to a degree with the steroid thing. Yeah, but the steroid thing to me is way different. I mean, that's an advantage. There's no question. But, like, I was a college pitcher, and I wasn't very good. And the only thing, so I'm not trying to claim, like, oh, you know. But, like, the only thing you have as a pitcher is deception. It's the only thing you have. And particularly on the major league level, where these guys can hit a 101-mile-an-hour fastball every time. They're the greatest in the world. If, they, if a pitcher sat up there and just threw 501-mile-an-hour fastballs, most of these guys are going to hit it. And so if you lose deception, you lose everything. That's what I thought was so great about what Bauer did in 
spring training when he just told everyone what his pitches were because the idea is so insane you could never do it. And so, like, it was such a perfect representation of how outrageous what the Astros did was. Oh, I agree on that. Yeah, no argument there. I mean, I don't think the punishment is... I don't know what the punishment is supposed to be, and I hate the kind of society we have, like, punish, punish, punish. But to me, like, it's so much... I, I just feel like Major League Baseball's commissioner's offices. All right, we're going to move on. We're okay. Like, they, they, don't, really. they don't know what to do to mete right. out equal justice. Because whatever you do, it's going to fall short of what happened and the success that they had. And in some cases, you can argue careers ruined or certainly opportunities ruined that you may never get back. So I don't know that they can find a way to have equal justice. The moment's gone. Yeah. And they fire three managers and a, and a GM, and they're like the sacrificial lambs. Yeah. Right. And the players, you know, the, the players who got the, the big money contracts still have the big money contracts. Right. I, one of the would be great was if a team came back and said, you know what, actually, we're going to, we, we're claiming your contracts. We've, we've dug into your numbers, and actually, the contract we gave you, we want out. Yeah, but they're all good players. I mean, nobody, right. two, of, of Altuve's on the market, he's. Somebody's going to pick him up, yeah. and they're going to give him good money. Yankees, you're going to pick him up. <laughs> right. George Springer is just out of baseball. Not, not likely. <laughs> no, he's a great player. Yeah. It's outrageous. I agree. It's totally outrageous. It's ruined the fabric of the game. No doubt about it. David, we appreciate so, a few minutes as Mike, always. So let Mike Trout hit every inning so I can watch. <laughs> seriously, but, that, yeah, but then you'd never go to the bathroom. Right, and that's a huge problem. But PK, seriously, <laughs> I go to an Angels game. I go watch Mike Trout. And then I have to wait an hour. I see him more often on the video on the Yeah, but that, that's baseball. The suspense the, the, that it builds. No. Yes. No. Yes. An hour without me seeing the most entertaining player in the game. Well, he does entertaining stuff than, in the I outfield. Need more than four moments over three and a half hours. Mm, there's a whole lot of lines I could use there, but I'm going to let. About a bing. <laughs> <laughs> three and a half hours. Shooting Louise. What are you talking about? <laughs> I think we know what he's talking about. So would it be better if it was four at bats over two and a half hours? Because that's what baseball used to be, and then the game just go got get your so team slow. to have a bunch of stars, and you're okay. So you got and and it's not uh, teams don't just have one hitter. I mean, come on. We can make some other rules. So no batting order. Everyone who starts has to hit. I saw that in Little League once. Right. Too I mean, long. so everyone has to get a at bat. And then they have to, or three innings of defense. <laughs> um, Put a pitch on it. I mean, the interesting one there is that you might actually sacrifice an inning every now and then just to get your three not as good hitters up. And then if they accidentally deliver, it's dramatic. Yeah, right. I, I want load, the Bucky Dent moment. If Mike Trout's too tired from six at bat the game, yeah, he'd be gas, man. He'd want more money. He's already making thirty five million that's, a year. That's true. <laughs> that's one hundred percent true. I think you can think of at least one agent who would put his hand out and say, okay, 50% more at-bats, 50% more cash. Scott Boris, come on down. There's no way he would miss on that. How many bats? Five times a game? What's wrong with that? Well, is it going to generate 50% more money? Well, that's a decision for the team to decide, analytically. All right. All right. We got to run, David. We appreciate it as always. Thanks for talking jazz and fixing baseball at the same time. See you. 
All right, David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz. We'll be busy the next couple nights in Boston tonight and in Detroit tomorrow night. All right, coming up, John Corrales covers the Boston Celtics. And he is going to join us. He's also on the Locked On Celtics podcast. He's going to join us at 8.30 to talk about tonight's game. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Big Show. Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Are you ready? You guys ready? Is the radio voice of the Utah Jazz, David Locke. I think some of the things have been better. The end result of the whole lineup thing is that they've got this pretty good second-tier lineup now. Mike Conley, Jordan Clarkson, Joe Ingles are playing with George Niang and Tony Bradley. I'm pretty excited about that. The ball movement has been better. They've had more open catch-and-shoot threes. You know, the defense is what has to get better. It's really hard to tell in these games whether the defense is getting better because the bottom four or five teams in the Eastern Conference are just so bad. So that seems perfectly fine to me. It just doesn't come out very well statistically. Turn this up. Catch the Big Show, presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Afternoons from 3 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Purchase a Ford Fan Zone all you need ticket to an upcoming jazz game and receive unlimited hot dogs, soda, popcorn, nachos, and ice cream, starting as low as $37 per ticket. Visit utahjazz.com or call 325-2999 to buy your Ford Fan Zone all you can eat tickets now. Didn't you seem was funny with Locke? Let's overhaul baseball. The meanwhile, Hack-A-Shack was just beautiful basketball. Send 43% shooters to the line. That's why I pay for NBA basketball tickets. (laughs) Now, I will agree that football and basketball have been more open to the correct rule changes to not stifle the game. I don't think there's any question about that compared to baseball. Their tweaks have been more effective. Yeah, I I don't think Locke's talking about tweaks. He's talking about massive overhaul. That would be a massive overhaul. And so a tweak, you're not going to do that. A tweak would be raising or lowering the mound because Uh, it would have a dramatic impact, but it wouldn't. Well, I think it could have a dramatic impact. I guess it did last time they did it. uh, Yeah. So if you need to if you need to have more offense or or if it's too higher scoring and I don't think they need more offense. See, ironically, he's a big analytic guy and analytics, you can argue, have ruined the game. Yeah, you can. Yeah. That it's the it's the fact that it's all strikeouts, walks, and homers. Right, and they got They're seventeen like, guys yeah, on the left wanna, side of the field or right side of the right. field, depending wanna, on what the analytics says. I want to put two ball, two uh, two runners on base and put a ball in the gap, and it's chaos. That's exciting. People are standing up. Yeah, is he hitting the cutoff? Are they going to wave him home? How close is the play going to be? That moment of anticipation, the ball coming in. That as opposed to just yeah. Solo homers. I mean, the greatest play I ever saw in baseball was uh, the Jeter thing. Right. And it was just phenomenal. Sure. It l- has lived I on. I guess that ball wasn't in the gap. That was down the line. Down the line, but it didn't what's the difference. Yeah. It didn't matter. And they had the cutoff, and he's running at full speed and yeah. backhanding the ball. The runner literally is in the air by like uh, one-tenth of a second, the younger Giambi, before he can touch the plate. And he backflips it to Posada, Posada tags him, and the umpire is standing right there, and he makes a very aggressive out call. It was the most phenomenal play in baseball defensively that I have ever seen outside of Willie Mays in 51. I remember that one. You do not. <laughs> no, I don't. How old did you have to be? I was 11. <laughs> the funny thing about You're 80? DJ You're was like, 80. DJ was buried in something, and all of a sudden you said it, and you see his head go, huh? 
I heard about the play, obviously, yeah. <laughs> so I didn't see it. Uh, some black and white where Willie catches it, twirls around, and throws it back. It was like, and it, what, what, it was some stadium. Was it Cleveland? It was like 550 feet center field. I thought it was the Polo Grounds. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, I don't know, but some stadium that was outrageous in center field. Right. Every other stadium now it would be in the 20th row. Uh, but uh, yeah, so I, I do think. You know, I'm open to rule changes, and I and I, it, back in the '90s, it, basketball, the, who I think the players are the, the sport of the greatest collection, collectively speaking, athletes we have in any sport. Got a little ugly there, didn't it? Yeah, the Barkley pounding and Mark Eaton up there pointing. I mean, that was awful. <laughs> it's a way better game now. Yeah, free flowing. I, I think it's incredible. To, to me, there's too many threes. Uh, I have a problem when threes are not falling. That's why I'm absolutely loving seeing Donovan Mitchell get inside the defense and rather go with that floater, as Locke was talking about, how they're just going at full speed and all of a sudden you're supposed to stop and you're floating, you're moving forward. That's a very difficult shot. Why not pull up? It never made any sense to me. Why not pull up? And Mitchell is perfecting this art. And I'm... I guess I'm a purist to an extent. You know, I don't mind a three-pointer, but I actually really get excited and because this is my own personal belief to see Mitchell get by the original, uh, the, the first line of defense, goes, get inside and make that little 12 to 14, 15-footer. It goes back to what we were saying yeah. about baseball. There's a lot of things that can happen, but when the majority of things that happen are the walks, the strikeouts, and the homers, it's too predictable. There isn't enough variety, and you're not surprised. And if basketball gets down to where it's just free throws, dunks, and threes, again, you're taking the variety out. You're taking the, the surprise out of it. If the threes go in like the Rockets, they shot, what, uh, 16%, something like that last night? You're 7-42. Stop! <laughs> it's not working for you tonight. Shooting is a come-and-go type of thing. It's really hard to get hot when you're a cold from three yeah. to get hot by shooting more threes. And so I love that Mitchell's doing what he's doing because it's a smooth move. It looks so graceful. You've got to be so skilled. And then he just rises up there and a nice little soft shot. And it seems like it's Chris Paul has made a career out of it. And Mitchell is now copying to an extent what Chris Paul's doing. And I think that it's awesome. And I think that if you still want him to shoot threes, that's the thing to do. Because if he misses a couple of threes, we'll go hit those, see the ball go in, and then I think that next three has a better chance of going in. It's a couple of makes to get the confidence going. Confidence matters. And you always talk about it as the best 450 players in the world. How can they like confidence? But because they're going up against the other best 450 players in the world, it is well, an issue. Well, that would be 900 players then. That's not how math works. We'll explain it to you in the break. You went to ASU. You DJ said 450 first 450. I just done the math in my head. Isn't it almost 900? It's the same 450, guys. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280, the zone.